Hi, this is Matt Wallace, lead pastor at Holy Cross Lake Mary, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us, and I pray this message inspires you and helps build your faith. To learn more about Holy Cross, visit hclm.org. Enjoy the message. I'll give it up for Miguel, our first time playing with us today. Awesome. Uh, So exciting to see him here. Second of all, yes, we are aware it is a little little stuffy in here. A couple of our air conditioning units are not working. I will tell you this to really mess with your heads because I know how you guys like to be. It's actually a little cooler up towards the front (laughs) than it is in the back. So I dare you. Come on. Uh, All right, so our scripture reading for this morning is John chapter 16, verses 23 to 33. Here's what it says. Jesus said, in that day you will ask nothing of me. Truly, truly, I say to you, whatever you ask of the Father in my name, he will give it to you. Until now you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. I've said these things to you in figures of speech. The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. His disciples said, Ah! Now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I have overcome the world. This is the word of the Lord. Okay, opening question. We're going to be talking about love today. So, uh, opening question uh, for you is this. Uh, Name three people that you know love you. Name three people that you know love you. And don't just give us the names. Don't just be like, well, there's Bob and Susan. And like, let us know, like, who the, like, oh, it's my, my daughter loves me, my, my wife loves me, whatever. Like, let us know. Name three people that love you. Uh, if you're worshiping along with us at home, you can jump on the live chat. Pastor Chris, our, uh, our online pastor today, will get that. Or uh, if you'd rather, or if you're in the room, you can use our text number. It's 407-88, uh, 888. Uh, 842-8884, right? That is correct, yeah. Yeah, oh, it's right up there anyway, yeah. I say it every week, but then sometimes I start to say my own phone number, and then I get all messed up. So yeah, yeah, it's right up there, 407-842-8884. Tell us three people that you are absolutely sure love you. Um, so I was joking with the, uh, the 8 o'clock uh, folks today. If you guys didn't know, we have two services. We have an early service at 8 o'clock. It is a traditional service. And uh, it is, generally speaking, I don't want to stereotype too much, but generally speaking, the people that attend that service skew a little older than you guys. So sometimes when I use pop culture references, they don't always follow along quite as well 
as you do, but today I had one for them that you guys might know, might not know. Uh, I, I'm sure a few of you are close enough in age to me or older that you would know, but uh, some of you will have never heard of this before. How many of you remember the old TV show Kojak? Oh, yeah. More of you than I expected. How many of you have no idea who Kojak is? Yeah, a lot of you. Okay. Yeah, so Kojak, uh, he was, it was a detective. I think it was, it was the 70s? Yeah, 70s. So, yeah, pretty old 70s detective show. Telly Savalas, uh, one of the first uh, big Hollywood guys to proudly be bald, by the way. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he had in the show... Uh, it was like, he was like this kind of uh, hard-boiled detective, and, but he had a catchphrase. Does anyone remember Kojak's catchphrase? Yeah, that's right. It was, who loves you, baby? That was his catchphrase. Usually he'd say it as he was like, uh, he'd, he'd finagle like a favor out of somebody and they'd begrudgingly do it for him and then he'd look at him and, with a wink and a smile and be like, who loves you, baby, right? And so that's what we're going to be talking about today. Who loves you? Uh, because Jesus is talking about that. And the, the desire, I think the, we all have this desire uh, to be loved. And I was, I'm aware that as I asked that opening question, you know, name three people that you're sure love you, that um, there may be some people that right now honestly can't think of three people that love them. And there may be, for some of you, times in your life when, whether it was true or not, you didn't feel like you were loved. Or perhaps that the right people didn't love you. And we've got this strong built-in desire, though, like it is part of our self-esteem even, uh, to be loved. And so we will do crazy things uh, to be loved. Uh, we will do, sometimes they're good things, right? Like we all, we all uh, kind of love that, the idea of the grand romantic gesture, right? You guys have seen Say Anything, right? You remember that? John Cusack with the radio, right? Holding it up outside her window. I think it was Peter Gabriel playing on there, right? But it's not just grand romantic gestures either, though, is it? Sometimes our desire to be loved can even lead us to do things that aren't healthy, Right? Sometimes they can uh, lead us to try to be people that don't really fit with who we are. Uh, sometimes the desire to love can drive us to do things that we know we really shouldn't be doing, but we just think that if we go along with it, then we'll finally receive that love that we've wanted uh, so badly. Sometimes we fear not being loved. One of the things Jesus talks about in today's text is he gives us a reminder that we are loved and by whom, and he wants to remove the fear that we have by reaffirming that we are indeed always loved by both him and our Father in heaven. Uh, Pastor Chris? Yes. Who's out there, uh, like, who loves our people? So yes. I think a lot of people have an elevated view of what their dogs think about them. Uh, <laughs> that's what I'm getting, because the number one answer really was, I think, Jesus and dogs. Yeah. Um, so we're going to have to interview some dogs. Um, other than that, it's pretty much family uh, and uh, their kids on a good day. That's what people are saying. 
Yeah, yeah, on a good day. Yeah, on a good day. You got to add that qualifier, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, well, that's good. Good, I'm glad. You know, so Jesus is having this moment with his disciples. He's sitting and talking to them, and he starts out kind of talking about prayer. And, you know, how they can go and ask the Father for things in his name, and and God will do those things for them and for us. Uh, but one of the things that he points out, though, is that in doing so, we have a, a, like a direct connection to the Father. We have a direct connection uh, to God. And, you know, sa- sadly, sometimes in our religion, sometimes in our faith, you know, uh, God is perceived as or portrayed as uh, being just kind of this angry and vindictive God. That he's just always so constantly angry and disappointed uh, in our sin and our failings and our shortcomings. And then uh, we look at Jesus and we go, oh, Jesus is kind and loving, you know. I'll just kind of hide behind Jesus and I'll put Jesus in between me and this angry and vindictive God. And the only thing that's sort of stopping, uh, you know, me from uh, receiving that anger is, is that I'm hiding behind Jesus. But that's not really true. And Jesus reminds us of what is true here, that while, of course, Jesus loves us, it's not that Jesus loves us and God hates us. It's not that Jesus loves us and God is angry with us, but the Father loves us too. In verse 26, he says, In that day you will ask in my name, and I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf, for the Father himself loves you. God loves us. And in fact, this fits with what we should have already known from John 3.16, where it said, For God so loved the world that he sent his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Uh, there's another favorite verse of mine. Uh, it's from 1 John chapter 4, verse 10, where it says, This is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us, right? God loves us. We have a heavenly Father that loves us. Now, at the end of this passage, Jesus makes a kind of ominous promise to us that in this world, we will have tribulation. And while he, of course, reminds us that he has overcome that and has overcome the world, it's also set in this context that even when we have tribulation, we can find comfort in knowing that we are loved, that we are loved by Jesus and that we are loved by God the Father. And whatever tribulation or troubles we face in the world, nothing will change that. He continues to love us. So I have a second question for you. This one may be a little more difficult to answer. Like, I'm not even exactly sure what my answer to this question would be. Um, But here's the question. Uh, What is something, like, look back at your life and maybe how you've changed. And think of something that years ago uh, or when you were younger or something like that that you used to really, really love. Like, maybe it was a huge part of your life. You just thought that was, like, kind of the most important thing. It doesn't have to be that big, though, but just something that you really loved, that you really liked, and that now today you no longer do. You don't really like it anymore, or, or at least uh, if maybe you don't actively dislike it, but you're at least at a point where you kind of 
You don't care about it anymore. It used to be such a huge part of your life, and now it's not even something that you think about. What is something that you used to really, really like, but you don't anymore? Um, again, you can text your answer to 407-842-8884. I'm asking that question because it ties in to what we're talking about today, because uh, there's something interesting that happens uh, in this little discourse that Jesus is having with his disciples. So he's telling them all of this, and he says, hey, the day is coming when I'm no longer going to speak to you in, well, the translation here says, you know, figurative speech. But what he's talking about uh, are, are all those, like, parables that he would use and those metaphors and things like that. And he's saying, I'm going to speak to you plainly, you know, from now on. And he's kind of already doing it here. And the disciples, they get all kind of, like, excited about that, you know. Uh, it says in verse 29, his disciples said, ah, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And this whole situation, this whole little, uh, this moment between Jesus and his disciples is kind of uh, strange to me. It's a little puzzling, you know, because first of all, didn't they already know, you know, like they've already seen all these miracles. They're already following him, you know, uh, They've already, you know, kind of professed belief. And even this idea of Jesus saying, all right, I'm not going to speak to you anymore using this kind of figurative hidden speech. Now I'm just going to talk plainly. He's already done that a few times with them. There's been several times where he pulls his disciples aside and says like, hey, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you things that I'm not telling the rest of the crowds. You guys get to know, you know, you know, the, I'll tell you the meaning of the parable that I just told that big group of people, right? He's already had these moments, you know? And yet now, it, it's like none of that's happened, and they just get super excited, and, you know, they get this whole, like, oh, that's so awesome. Now, now we know that you know that we know that you know that we know that you know all things, you know? And so now we believe. And they have this moment. And uh, Jesus kind of knows, though, that it's not going to last. Um, that the disciples can be a little bit fickle. Uh, but before we look at that, Pastor Chris, we can be fickle too. What are some things, obviously somebody sent you something that you find hilarious and you may not be able to share with us in church. Well, that happens every week. Uh, but uh, this one, I don't know, this one really cracked me up. It might not be funny to you. May I don't know. This one got me. I love cheese sandwiches and did not want to share with my husband. He looked really sad. Now I share all my food with him. <laughs> oh, that's funny. All right. So uh, here's, a, here's a callback. They call that in the comedy business. Eric Store said his great uncle was the actor who played Detective Saperstein on Kojak. Oh. So look at that, huh? Oh, that's crazy. I love this answer. What's something you used to love that you no longer do? Carrie Hayes quite simply says the Orlando Magic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. They got the number one pick, Carrie. Come on. Uh, uh, a couple more playing musical instruments. Uh, and uh, Tim Stark says watching football, uh, Star Wars, baseball cards. Uh, those are some of the best. Uh, and wait, Sarah said soccer used to be such a big part of her life, played in college. But now that I'm a wife and mom, it's not something I have nearly as much interest in. And finally, just coming in late, Will Zacharias says, having kids. 
<laughs> something yeah, like that. Good. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure yeah. he's just kidding. I'm sure so he's just kidding. I, I asked that question to show, though, kind of how fickle we can be sometimes. You know, how is it that you can go in one part of your life having something be such a huge part of your life? Maybe you think about it all the time, uh, you know, and you're involved in it and active in it, and then years later you, you, you realize it's been years since you've even thought about it at all. Uh, we see that a lot, and we see that uh, with the disciples here. Jesus realizes uh, how fickle they can be, but he also knows what's coming, right? Uh, Jesus does know things they don't know. And uh, so he says this to them. Uh, uh, Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come, when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. Um, Jesus knows that despite their profession of faith, it won't last, that they're going to leave him. He is, of course, talking about his impending suffering and arrest and death and all that that is going to happen. Um, and he knows that when that happens, they're literally going to leave him like many will literally run away and hide, right? Uh, and some of them will do even worse. One of them betrayed him, but then even Peter, uh, you know, infamously uh, denied him three times. And so Jesus is hearing them saying like, oh, now we believe this is so great. Jesus, oh, I'm glad you're finally being open with us because now we believe and everything's going to be great. And Jesus is just shaking his head uh, because he knows what's coming. And it's easy for us to do that, too. Um, you know, we, we do go through kind of uh, seasons in our faith. We go through ups and downs. That's natural, you know. There's going to be those moments like the disciples have right here where, where we really feel God present in our lives, where we really see him being active in our lives, where we see, you know, like maybe we get a big prayer answered, you know, or we just see his hand at work, you know, in, in where we end up or what we're doing, Right. And we can feel so close to God at those times. We feel like, oh man, Lord, I just love you. Like, this is why I believe, right? Because I, my friend had cancer and I prayed, and now their cancer is gone. Like, amen, God, you're so amazing. But Jesus says, in this world, you will face tribulation. And so not everything always goes our way. Sometimes we pray for our friend with cancer, and their cancer doesn't go away. Sometimes we pray for something that we want for our children, and it doesn't go the way that we are hoping. We face those moments, and in those moments, God doesn't always feel as close, does he? In those moments, God doesn't always feel as present in our lives, and we can find ourselves asking where he is. And sometimes, like the disciples, we can end up kind of leaving him alone, kind of stepping back, walking away. But when we leave Jesus alone, we also end up leaving the Father. And we also end up stepping away from the love and the care and the concern they have for us. And we can miss out on that love in the moments when we honestly need it the most, when we're struggling and when we're sad and when 
we feel beaten down by the things of this world. But Jesus reminds us that he can restore that connection to the Father. Jesus was talking about his suffering and death here, but we know what happened after that, right? I mean, we just had Easter, right? Jesus rose from the dead, and he went back to his disciples, his disciples that had been scattered, his disciples that were uh, at that time huddled together, hiding out in an upper room somewhere, the ones that had abandoned him, the ones that had denied him, and Jesus goes to them, and he restores them. He forgives them. To Peter, who denied him three times, Jesus asks, do you love me three times? And then sets Peter back on the path that he needs to be on. Jesus tells them to quit being afraid and quit hiding out in that upper room. And sets them back to work. Jesus restores them. And he restores us as well. Even in those moments when we have kind of left him alone. Even in those moments when uh, we, we don't feel his presence so close to us, like the good shepherd that he is, he keeps looking for his lost sheep. He is the good shepherd, the, the shepherd that leaves the 99 to go searching for the one. And when he finds us, he restores us. He forgives us for our doubt and our lack of faith. And he reminds us that we are forgiven and that we are loved. He restores once again our relationship with him and also the Father. Because you see, the Father is always with Jesus. Jesus said, yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. So when Jesus comes to us to restore us, he brings with him the Father. And when Jesus comes to us to love us, he brings with him the love of the Father also. And no matter what we are facing as we go through the tribulations of this life, we can rest in the comfort and knowledge of his love for us. Who loves you, baby? Right? And in Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to give you a few minutes to think about that, and while we do, we'll give our morning tithes and offerings. Loves you, baby. Hey, it's Pastor Chris here uh, after a great sermon by Pastor Matt. Just a couple of announcements for everybody online right now. Don't forget, you can get your tickets for the 17th annual uh, Crawfish and Shrimp Boil. You can go do that right now. HCLM.org forward slash crawfish. All the money that we raise from that will go to offset the cost of all of our kids going on a mission trip to North Carolina. So go to hclm.org forward slash crawfish. Also, uh, if you're listening and you have kids in preschool through fifth grade, please, please get them registered for VBS. It's going to be a great year. VBS Monumental. And you can go to hclm.org forward slash VBS 
I've included links to both of these in our Facebook page. Also, ladies and gentlemen, this is a time where you can come alongside of us and help us to partner um, to meet the needs of this community and grow the faith of all who believe. And you can do that by one of three ways. You know, Jesus, of course, wants us to be joyful givers. And we I come think now I over to time. one of those uh, special gifts God gives us. I, you know, didn't really Bye. have a chance to get into this in the message, but you know, when we talk about that idea of whether God feels close or far from us sometimes, uh, that's part of the reason He gives us gifts like baptism and the Lord's Supper. Uh, because these, while tremendously spiritual things, are also uh, based on and grounded in something very real. For example, the bread and the wine we are about to receive, something you can actually see and feel and touch and drink and eat. And attached to that real thing is the promise that when we receive it, we are also receiving the body and blood of Christ, and with it, those spiritual gifts that they bring, especially forgiveness. And so if we're about to receive that meal together, it is good to remind ourselves of the need we have for it, that indeed we do need forgiveness. Indeed, there are times when we, like the disciples, leave Jesus alone when we fail and when we fumble and when we sin. And so let's take a moment and silently confess to the Lord those sins. So the good news is Jesus comes to us and he restores us. Jesus comes to us and he brings to us his love and the love of the Father. And so I can say to you with full assurance that you are forgiven in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we remember that on the night at which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus Christ took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he gave it to the disciples saying, take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. The same way also after supper he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Take and drink. This is my blood of the New Testament, which is poured out for you for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And may the peace of the Lord be with you always. You may be seated.
Please rise. And now may this body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you steadfast in the true faith unto life everlasting. Go in peace. And we continue with the prayers of the church. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, that uh, indeed you do uh, take us and make us yours. You do love us, Lord, and restore us in this life, even when we face tribulation. But Father, there is still a lot of tribulation and trouble in this world. So Lord, continue to be with us, encourage us, and strengthen us. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we know that every good thing that we have is a gift and a blessing from you. And so, Lord, we are quick to give you our thanks and praise for those things. And, Lord, we continue to thank you along with Sue and praise you that uh, she's almost done with her treatment and things are going well. And, Father, we pray you would continue to help her on uh, the road to recovery. Father, also we celebrate along with all the graduates. Uh, Lord, our school is having its uh, graduation here later this afternoon. But, Father, there are so many uh, members and children of Holy Cross that are graduating college and high school. Lord, thank you for bringing them through uh, those challenges, Lord, and uh, granting them the success that they have earned. Lord, in your mercy. Yet, Father, we know that indeed, as Jesus promises, we will face tribulation in this life. And Lord, sometimes that means that we will experience loss, even the loss of a loved one. And so, Father, we are quick to pray for those families that have recently lost loved ones, especially the family of Reuben and Jim. Lord, be with them during this difficult time. Encourage them and strengthen them and continue to give them hope. Lord, in your mercy. Father, we pray for all those that are sick and in need of healing, especially Rick, uh, Tomor, Alice, Walt, Greg. Uh, we add to our uh, list uh, Naisha. Um, Father, we also remember everyone that is dealing with COVID and, and all the people still on our cancer list, Lord, that are dealing with that horrible disease. Father, you know each and every one of these people and you know what they need. So, Father, we are just bold to place them into your hands. Lord, we ask that you care for them. And, Lord, we ask that you bring them healing. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Father, we come before you with all of our other needs. And as always, we pray today for our nation and our world. We ask that you would be with all of our leaders and elected officials. And we pray that you would bring peace to the world and end the violence. And especially that you'd watch over Christians that are facing persecution. Lord, in your mercy. Father, all these things we lift before you. And we ask them in the name of your son, our Lord Jesus Christ, who also taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Now, having been fed by the word of God, having received forgiveness and new life through the body and blood of Christ, and having been encouraged in fellowship with one another, take what you have been given, go forth into the world and share it. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed this message and would like to learn more or contribute to Holy Cross, please visit hclm.org.